0: Please stand as we hear the morning gospel reading. It comes to us from the gospel of John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We're descendants of Abraham, and we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. may be seated. Too many microphones right there. So, <laughs> God's beloved people, grace to and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a kickoff of sorts, not maybe the kind of football kickoff we think of on a Sunday in October. One that I think is happening in just a few minutes here. This is a different kind of kickoff. Today marks the beginning of a year-long celebration of the Protestant Reformation, or a year-long commemoration. It was in 1517, 499 years ago, um, supposedly in October, at the end of October, that Martin Luther's 95 theses sparked a series of debates that ended up changing the course of history. And so throughout this coming year, as we approach the 500th anniversary of those events, we will have lots of opportunities to dig deep into our Reformation roots. We've already received a bulk shipment of Luther's small catechism that is on the shelf in my office that's awaiting different studies throughout the year. Pastor Rude is going to be visiting with our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters here in town about ways that we can be in conversation together throughout this coming year. In June, Ingelore Lischer is leading a trip to Germany to some of the historic Luther sites. I think some of you might be a part of that trip. And then tomorrow morning, uh, early in the morning, our time, Pope Francis and leaders of the Lutheran World Federation will be meeting in Sweden to have a joint Roman Catholic Lutheran commemoration of the Reformation, which is the first time in 500 years this has happened. So if you'd like to uh, web stream that, we've got information on how to do that on our Welcome Center. All of these things are meant to commemorate this historic event that changed the world. We who gather here for worship today, we come for more than a commemoration. Worship is about more than remembering, it is about celebrating and giving thanks and praise. On Reformation Sunday, we celebrate that the Spirit of God who was on the loose in Europe 500 years ago is the same Spirit who is on the loose now. We give God praise that the Spirit is moving in our world, in our church, in our lives forming us into people of faith. Now, if you're around St. Mark's for any amount of time, you will hear the language of faith formation. It's language that we use a lot. It's in our ministry goals. Um, We've set faith formation as a priority um, in our ministry here in the congregation. And even though I've helped craft some of that language and believe in it firmly, I still chuckle sometimes when I read it. Because goals and objectives make it look like faith formation is something that can be planned and implemented and measured. Baptized? Check. Confirmed? Check. Say prayers? Check. Spend time in the pew? Check. Go on a mission trip? Check. Voila! A person formed in faith. But that's not how it works, is it? We know that from our own experience, we need look no further even than our scripture readings today to see how complex and fraught a life of faith can be. In the Gospel of John, which we just heard, Jesus' words sound pretty simple, almost like a slogan. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yet. They were spoken to a people who were just racked with conflict. A people whose community was coming apart. People who wanted to be faithful, but weren't sure what that looked like. In the reading from Romans, we hear Paul reinterpreting his understanding of God in light of the dramatic, mystical experience he had with the risen Christ. In many ways, the faith, as Paul had understood it, had unraveled. And from this tangled pile, something new was taking form. Something that Paul would spend the rest of his life figuring out, proclaiming, describing. In the Old Testament reading, we hear the words of the prophet Jeremiah. He was perhaps the most anguished and intense of all the prophets. Jeremiah watched as the Babylonian army leveled Jerusalem, destroyed a community that had been sacred to his people for generations. It was as if God's created order had come apart. To add to the bitterness, the people knew they had a hand in their own demise. They had made a mockery, of the covenant that God had made with them, living as reckless, privileged children instead of as the people God had created them to be. For a festive holiday, these are not very festive texts, really, when you read them in context. They resist being reduced to slogans about the triumphant life of faith, something that we can write on a banner and march under. And I, for one, appreciate that about these readings because I think they describe something that many of us find true to our lives of faith. We know that in divine mercy, God frees us, liberates us from our captivity to sin, loves us with a covenant love, faithful and true. Yet we also know that it is not simple or easy to live in this relationship. Time and again we choose the bondage we know over the freedom that we struggle to imagine. God created us in the divine image and called us to be partners, not equal in power but sharing in the work of creation In baptism, we were clothed in Christ, brought into that family, called to shine Christ's light in the world. Our identity and our vocation were given to us as gifts. Yet we are determined to be self-made people, to carve out our own identities, to measure ourselves in whatever the currency of the day is, wealth, status, achievement, beauty, Righteousness. We're convinced that we can forge something better than that which God has bestowed on us. I heard a conversation on the radio the other day about how, with the tools of social media, a person can carve out a new identity anytime he or she chooses. It's just a matter of branding oneself properly of curating one's life and presenting it in a way that is consistently on message. The whole conversation made me very sad, especially I thought about our young people who are such digital natives. Talk about slavery. I don't care how skilled you are with Instagram or Tumblr or Facebook. Identity and brand are not the same thing. You are not a brand. (laughs) You are a precious child of God. And your identity is a gift from God, who created you, redeemed you, and holds you in Christ as God's very own. This is the promise that we celebrate today the promise that we pass on to our sons and daughters, 12 of whom will be confirmed at the 11 o'clock service today. We pass on this promise that though we struggle with faithfulness, God does not. God loves us with an everlasting love, a love so secure that it creates freedom for us. We are free to explore how our identity as a child of God finds expression in the world, free to discern how to use our gifts in ways that serve our neighbor and bring us fulfillment. We are free to fail, free to tell the truth about our sin, about those things that do hold us captive, free to tell the truth about our fear and our doubt. We trust that the truth about us exists within a larger truth about God that God is faithful to covenant promises throughout a lifetime, throughout all time. We celebrate that the Holy Spirit who brooded over the baptismal waters in which we were joined to Christ is the same Spirit who is alive and active in us now, forming and reforming us into people of God. Thanks be to God.